Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Matthew chapter 28, if you're taking notes, it says, therefore, say therefore, go, it says here, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father. Say the Father. The Son and the Holy Spirit, the first baptism that Jesus commissioned the church to go in was a baptism, an immersion, right, into the Father. And the baptism into the Son is the receiving of Christ into our life and that we are called to live in Christ. And it's not anything we've done, but it's what Christ has done. And the baptism of the Spirit is the empowerment to do what we're called to do. The Christian life is impossible to do without the power of the Holy Spirit. It's like a car run, trying to run without oil or petrol. You've got to have power. You've got to have fuel. And the Spirit of God is the same power that Jesus had to do what He was called to do. He was sustained and He was empowered and the gifts of the Spirit enable us to build the house and to build the kingdom. And so we're called to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, come and see Ryan and Rachel. They've got a pathway and some courses and teaching. That they'll teach you about that and uh, if you know come and see any of these leaders we're all baptized in the Holy Spirit scandal will get you baptized in the Holy Spirit and uh, it's amazing but the first baptism the first one is a baptism into the Father which is the love of the Father this is about us discovering the nature and the love of the Father the centerpiece of Jesus's reality was his intimacy with his Father all that Jesus was on about, everything he said, every story, every act, every miracle, every, every teaching, every decision, where he went, where he didn't go, when he walked away from the crowds and the needs and the masses, everything he did. He says, all that I'm here to do is to do what my Father has called me to do. I only do what I see my Father doing. Right from the start, the entire life of Christ was lived for the singular reason to bring you and our generation back into intimacy with the Father heart of God. The word redeem means to buy back. We have a debt, but Jesus bought us back. And that's what it means, what Jesus bought back. What did he buy back? Yes, he dealt with the problem of sin that disconnects us from God, that gets a hold of us. He had the power to beat sin and death. And when you receive Christ, you have that power. And you grow and you break that stuff off your life. But his ultimate purpose was not to break the power of sin, which he did. That was part of what had to happen. But his goal, the end goal, was to buy back sonship in your life, which is you as a son of God would be in intimate relationship with the love of the Father, which is relentless, which is extravagant, which is reckless, and God has never stopped going for you and loving you, and you have the affection of His heart. The love of the Father is one of gracious, gracious, unconditional approval toward man. The enemy's strategy is to destroy sonship in your life. The way he does this is to create an atmosphere of fatherlessness. But the riddle of our world 
which we live in a fatherless world. So many people are fatherless. Leaders are fatherless. And so with a fatherless world, you can't have sons. And so you have servants and slaves. People who are earning and working and performing in life, hoping that they'll be good enough. Hoping that they'll get the approval of their father, whom they never had or have never known. But the riddle of our world is that we are so fiercely independent. It's rife, whether it's in Mumbai, Sydney, New York, or London. And this independence says, that if it's going to be, it's up to me. And I've got to make it happen. And I've got to have the goods. And I've got to get this whole thing called life fixed and sorted. And we're trying to do it in our own strength. But God has wired the world completely the opposite. God has wired you and I to be completely dependent upon Him. And when I say dependent upon Him, we're dependent on Him as sons to a father. And if you haven't had a father, none of us have had perfect fathers. God wants to come in and make up for what has been left out. Who knows there's gaps in our parenting. And the truth is God wants to fill in, make up the gaps. And He wants to reveal Himself to you personally as your Father in heaven. And He wants you to depend upon Him. Don't you dare settle for a smaller story. Don't you dare settle just for a baptism of the Son and the Holy Spirit. There's a baptism of the Father that brings a shift in your spirit and a dependence upon a God who will never leave you nor forsake you and has never lost the affection of His heart towards you. Exodus chapter 6 says, I will redeem you with an outstretched arm with mighty acts of judgment. This mighty act of judgment that Jesus is has done is He's cancelled your sin. He's paid your bills. He has put you back in relationship with God, your Father, so that you can be what God has called you to be. That's what redemption means. That God enables me to now do what I'm created to do. See, Israel's purpose and plan in life was not that they would be as slaves under Pharaoh making mud bricks. That was not their life, that was not their call, that was not the plan. But they found themselves in Egypt as slaves making mud bricks. But God had a vision to rescue them out and to take them through. He took them out of Egypt and then He took them through the wilderness to get Egypt, the world, out of them. Then He took them into the promised land. And His original plan was that they would settle down, build families, build houses, Build the house, build, build the temples for God and live in prosperity and victory. This is the end goal. God has not only saved us from the world, but He's saved us to a place of promise. We're called to be in the world, but not of the world. And what separates us, the grand plan, the master behind all this is God the Father who loves you. And He does not change His mind about us. In 1 John chapter 4, John talks about a love story over and over and over again. He says, And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. Verse 16, it says, And so we know, say no, we know and rely on the love that God has for us. God is love. 
And then he goes on to say it again and again and again. So we don't forget it. The love of the Father, the Spirit of the Father, is absolute gracious approval. The love of the Father is the single most defining quality of His character. Out of His love, He creates us for love. Out of His love, He creates us to love. At the core of the image that the Bible says we were created in the image of God. That image at its core is God, is love. This is what John writes about over and over and over and over again. He goes on like a broken record. This is the message. And out of His love, He creates us for love. And we love because He first loved us. For God so loved the world, He gave His only Son. So God extravagantly, say extravagantly. He extravagantly loves us. He proved it. He proved it in the most expensive way with His own life. Nailed to the cross, He says, I love you this much. The Bible says His love is long, wide, high, and deep. What does that mean? His love is long enough to last forever. We live in such a fast-paced world of technology, and also in the root of that, there's fatherlessness. Nothing lasts forever. We're up to iPhone 10. <laughs> Before that, I had like the Nokia brick, and that lasted for 10 years. <laughs> but now it's just disposable. We have a mindset that is not full of fathering, and we've downgraded core value in life because we've downgraded fatherhood because we doubt that God is everlasting. But he says his love is long enough to last forever. Psalm chapter, uh, in 2 verses 9, chapter 9, Psalm chapter 90 verses 2 says, believe the mountains. This is before the mountains were born or you gave birth to the earth and the world. Even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Your father is everlasting. I want to say here this morning that your past is not first. Your past is not first. Oh, I was this and that. No, 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 no. Before you were whatever you were, off the rails and away from God and sinning, whatever. Your past is not first. Who you are in Christ is first. He made you. Before you were born, He knit you together in your mother's womb. You were not a mistake. Your past is not first. Jesus says, I'm the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the beginning and I'm the end. And you might think you've had a bit of a false start or you've had a bit of a trip and a bit of a fall and I don't know where you've been, what you've done or whatever's happened, but I'm telling you now, Jesus says, listen to me. I'm the first and I'm the last and I'm the one who's going to sign off on how your life finishes. It's not over. Your identity from your Father in heaven trumps your natural genealogy. Who your father says you are in heaven trumps, lay down Mazer, everything you've got against what Jesus says you are. Your past comes to haunt you. Tell it to go away. Say, my father in heaven 
has got this covered. In the world and religion, our acceptance and value comes from what we do, our performance. In almost every situation in Christ, our acceptance and our value and our self-worth and our self-love comes from being loved by an everlasting Father. Completely different. The only religion in the world that loves, not because of a performance, but it loves because of God, who's a Father who loves. He's everlasting because whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. He's everlasting because His mercy never gives up, never runs dry, never runs out, conquers all fear, overcomes every obstacle, always forgives. He's always patient, always kind, always believes, always there, always for you, always loves you, never gives up. You have an everlasting Father. It's not like, okay, welcome to Jesus. Great, you received Jesus. Here's your 10 tickets for life. For some of you, you get 100. <laughs> well, you've just blown the final call. That's it. You've spent all your tickets off to purgatory. <laughs> uh, it's not a game show. There's no knockout. Everybody's a winner. So why wouldn't you just surrender your life? It's wide enough. Say wide. It's wide enough to be everywhere. You'll never be alone. Emmanuel means God with us. It doesn't say God with me. Come on. It says God with us. That's why this whole place, the community of, bon, of, 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 of Mumbai, it's God with us. You've got to be here every Sunday. When you're not here, we're like one man down. Because you bring something that we all need. There's something in you. You're part of the quilt. You're part of the patchwork. You're part of the story. Oh, but I'm only new. No, you're going to be the lead role. There's part of the story. This is not some casual thing. When we come together, the Bible says that when we come together, people see God. Come on, let's not give the world, let's not give our city some distorted, weird view of Jesus, but when we all come and we worship and we pray and we preach and we fellowship and we give, suddenly the picture of Jesus is clear. God needs you. It's deep enough to handle everything. Come on. Who's had some deep things that have happened in life? It's deep. Deep stuff you can't even talk about yet. Deep stuff you haven't even dared to talk about with some people here. But it's deep. It's deep enough to handle. God can handle your stuff. They put him in a tomb. They killed him. That's deep. They crucified him naked. They abused him. They bashed him. They pulled his hair out. They made him carry a cross all the way up the hill. They spat on him. It's deep. Your deep stuff. God can handle it. Give it to him. But God raised him from the dead. Acts chapter 2.24. And it's high enough. Say high. It's high enough to overlook everything. It overlooks your past mistakes. And we're like, sometimes God is looking up here. And we're like, yeah, yeah, I've sinned again. But you really don't know what I'm like. I'm really not righteous. God, over here, I'm a sinner. And God's just like, can't see you. He says, your sins no longer, I remember no more. I've forgotten them as far as the east is from the west. I can't remember them for my own sake. If I can get over it, can you just get over yourself? 
Can you just bring them at the cross and leave them? Don't bring them to the cross and then pick them up and put them back on and take them away. The reason we do communion is you take off your filthy garments. For some reason we think, oh, he's forgiven everyone, including Skanda, but not me. Oh, he's forgiven them, but it hasn't happened for me yet. What makes you so special? Come on, you've got tickets on yourself. He's forgiven you. Let it go. Let it go. Let those people go. But you haven't forgiven because you've been forgiven. This church would love to help you start over again. Some of you need a fresh start in life. You're putting your toe in the water. It's like you put your one foot in, one foot out. You're here next week. You're gone the next week. Oh, that was good. Oh, I'm not sure. Oh, my blur. Just get in. Just get up. Why are we, why are we so worried? The, God's heart is to love you. With everything else, you know, we go to some concert and we just, ah, we're out of control. We go to the pub, we go to the bar, we'll have 10 of those. <laughs> you know? You know, in the world, it's like, oh, we're just in. God says, no, no, no. All that's for me. That's going to kill you. I'm going to save you. Stop doubting. Get over this religious garbage. Get over yourself. Just come on. Surrender to him. Just go all out for him. You just go all out for him. And look what happens. Just look at all these people in the front. I remember when they came to the Lord about five years ago. Came all the way. And look what's happened. Come on, you're blessed. Out of sheer generosity, God put us right standing with Himself. A pure gift, He got us out of the mess. We were in and He restored us to where He always wanted us to be. Where was that? In our Father's love. Ephesians 2 says, saving... Saving was all his idea, all his work. All we do is trust him enough to let him do it. I've never met anyone who's come to Christ, given their life totally, got set free, got filled with the love of God, filled with the power of God, filled with the purpose and the plan of God, been commissioned by God, felt like they've called of God, been promoted in their life, found a partner for their life, just been blessed and favoured and been through a few fires, but it's been good for them. And, and they've never gone, oh, one thing I regret is receiving Jesus into my life. I want my money back. <laughs> yeah, they don't. But when you're half in, half out, oh, my God, it's the, amazing, just, it's the worst thing in the world. Come on, come on, who's in? Say, I'm in. Paul writes in Romans, Paul writes 13 books out of 27 in the New Testament. He's like the bomb. And he says this, he says, this is what it feels like to be loved. He took our place so we could take his. In Christ, whatever wrong has been, has been made right. It says we cannot be separated from his love because he's relentless in his pursuit to love us, to cover us, to bless us, to position us in purpose and victory. He's always for us. He overcomes everything we face. 
All of us are included in his love. Every tribe, every race, every nation, every generation. No one was overlooked. No one was left out. His love covers our past, our shame, our pain, our stain, and our guilt. He silences every voice of accusation. He provides love for everything. His love has been tested in the fire in every season, in every circumstance, in every stage of life. Everything we face, Jesus has overcome. So what are you waiting for? Come on. Jesus is here. Power of God is on you. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Romans chapter 8, 31. John chapter 1, 29 says this. He says, the next day John saw Jesus coming towards him. You might be thinking, where's Jesus? I'm telling you, he's walking towards you right now, today. He's not turning his back and walking away. He's walking toward every day. He's walking towards you. The Bible says every day that the sun comes up. Did the sun come up this morning, people? Thank you. Every day the sun comes up is a sign that Jesus is walking towards you. It's another day of mercy and grace. If the sun doesn't come up, well, you're going to heaven. <laughs> Praise God. Promotion. There is no greater person in the world or in history, or in the universe that I can direct you to, other than Jesus Christ. If we have a clear vision of who Christ is, people will look in the same direction and follow Him. Jesus is the chief subject of every message in the Bible. Jesus Christ cannot be improved on. There's no doctrine, there's no teaching, there's no prophecy, there's no revelation, there is no insight, there is no wisdom, there is no historical account, there is no people, there is no church, there is no government, there is no enterprise, there is no achievement, there is no event, there is no kingdom, there is no victory, there is no philosophy, there is no creed, there is no belief or value system, there is no hero, no leader, no president, no prime minister, no king, no athlete, no, no, fa no famous, no infamous, no one and nothing in all the world greater than the subject of Jesus Christ. Who is begotten of the Father. Matthew 13 says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. Phenomenal story. And then a man found it. And he hid it again. What a story. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure in a field. And a man found the treasure in the field. And then he hid the treasure in the field. And then it says he goes away. And in his joy he went and he sold everything he had to go and buy the field. What's that mean? Jesus telling us a parable to help us understand how awesome the love of the Father is. Jesus is talking about the kingdom in the scripture in Matthew. He says the kingdom of God is like a farmer who sows a seed. The kingdom of God is like a, a pine nut that's planted. The kingdom of God is like yeast. And then he says in verse 44, right before this last story, he says, now are you listening, people? Are you listening? He says, are you really listening? That's what Jesus says. So that means he's about to say something really profound. This means he's going to say something really big. There's a traditional meaning to this that you may have heard. and It's like the kingdom is the treasure hidden and we give up all we can to find the treasure. And we, 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 we just basically give our whole life and 
and, and we need to find the treasure. But I'm, something doesn't quite sit right there because it sort of sends me into a mode that is doing something I've got to do without God. And there's a few problems with that thought. And the thing is, you can't find the kingdom because the Bible says the kingdom finds you. You can't hide it. You can't afford it. You can't find it because he found you first. God has always been looking for you. Luke 9, 10, it says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which lost. Man was not looking. God was looking for him. The Son of Man came to seek and to save that which lost. The prodigal son went away. And the Bible says, while he was a long way off, his father saw him. It doesn't say, while the son was a long way off, the son saw the father. No, it was the father looking for the son. There's a riddle. One day the son decides to return to the father's house. But every day the father had walked to the end of the gate, waiting and watching with expectation that his son would return. And the Bible says that while he was a long way off, his father saw him and his father ran to him. And his father put a ring on his finger to restore his authority in the family and his inheritance and his future. And the father put a coat on him which said to everybody, he has my favor and affection and he's never lost it. And the Bible says that his father put on a feast and his father put sandals on his feet so he was no longer a slave but he was a son. The father did all that. There's a lot of initiative from the father here. It's all about the Father. He loves us. You can't hide it because it's too big. I'm hiding the kingdom. Give me a break. You can't hide the kingdom. The treasure of the kingdom cannot be hidden. It's too big. You can't buy it. You can't buy the kingdom. When I get my life right, I'll be good. Well, when I make some money, I can give. When I get out of debt, when I marry Miss India, it'll all be good. You know, you can't afford the kingdom. You can't buy the kingdom. You have to be born into the kingdom. Jesus said you've got to be born again. When you're born into it, you don't have to work for an inheritance. You just get it because you're a son. And then you live in the light of that. The parable is not about us giving up everything to get God to do something. It's a parable about us entering into what God has already done. Jesus reveals the treasure of the kingdom. And the treasure of the kingdom is you. The treasure of the kingdom is that you are loved. The field is the world. The man is Jesus, the Son of God. And the treasure is you. You are the treasure in the field of the world that he came looking for. And he found and he hid you again because he hid your life in his. And he gave up and sold everything to buy you back from the world. He gave his life to buy the world. 
and he bought you back and he hid you in his life. See, there was nothing wrong with the treasure. The problem was it was in the world, but Jesus came to get the world out of you and he hid you in himself and he bought you for full price. Who's seen that ad? I bought a Jeep. Anyone seen that ad here? Commercial about Jeep cars. This woman goes and gets a car and she goes full driving and she does all this stuff that only men can do. And she just goes, and the husband's ringing, where are you, where are you? She goes, I bought a Jeep, I don't need you. <laughs> Jesus bought the whole world. He bought your life. Some of you don't know that he's bought your life. And that is the story. Just as we close, 1 Corinthians says, As we have borne the image of the man of the dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. Deuteronomy says, For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the people of the face of the earth. The Lord did not set his love on you nor choose you because you were more in number than any other people. For you were the least of all the peoples, but because the Lord loves you. Jesus Christ has reconciled you. As far as he's concerned, you are reconciled. In his joy, he goes and sells all he has, and he buys the field, securing the treasure for himself. C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital, where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at C3Mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along 11.30 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi. 